When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the end, it's the Blues home by 53 points. Welcome back to the Toolkit Depot studio. Yes, the Blues home by 53 points at Optus Stadium yesterday. Pretty bleak moment for Fremantle. 53-point losers, but more importantly, 7-9 on the season with Collingwood, Geelong, Port Adelaide and Brisbane still ahead of them. Paul Hazelby. One half of the run home with Hayes and Mardo at 3 p.m. on SENWA weekdays and former Fremantle champion. Hayes, what went wrong? Well, just about everything, Duff. I think you summed it up pretty well early in the show. Look, they, they had the advantage in the hitouts and going into the game. That was going to be a key part to the game. But we've been talking a bit about the two Ruckman, Jackson and also Darcy a little bit this year, that they were so dominant. I think he had 56 hitouts, Sean Darcy, yet they lose the clearance. And so many times it went to the first possession. They did get it to Brayshaw or Sarong, but Carlton had done their homework and teams are doing their homework that if you can force a error and a fumble from that first possession player, you can catch them back the other way. And that's what happened. And they were belted up around stoppage, uh, pretty soft on occasions. And the work rate, I think the work rate all over the ground was pretty significant, that Carlton came with a plan, they really ran hard, and that was reflected in some of the numbers that we saw with the distance covered. The top five were all Carlton players, and rarely would you see that because often you'll see the two wingers from both sides actually feature in that because they go up and back. But everything that has gone wrong, I think, at the start of the year, reared its ugly head again. The starts have been an issue. They haven't been addressed. Uh, Around contest, if they win the clearance, they win the game. If they don't, they just don't have enough method to move the ball from the back half. And I think they really need to look at that and go and examine some teams in the past like Richmond, like Geelong, that haven't had big emphasis on clearance. If they, In fact, they like to lose it because they set up really well from behind the ball, that they want the turnover. And that's when if you get the speed right with your ball movement, you can catch teams out. And full credit to Carlton because Carlton was Fremantle five weeks ago. Yep. They didn't have a plan. They had really poor ball movement. But what I saw on the weekend was a committed team that played for each other that actually have done their homework on the rest of the competition and what's working in the AFL this year. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, we do laud Sarong and we laud Brayshaw, but they're part of a losing midfield and have been part of a losing midfield for much of this year. Jager O'Meara, too, he's been brought in mm. on a four-year deal. I mean, we can laud them, but that area of the ground... They're losing it. And you talked about the dominance of Sean Darcy in the ruck and their inability to turn first position into clearance. Surely the first give to a player in the outer circle becomes critical and it just wasn't happening for Frio. That's a lack of planning to me. Fumble, fumble. So that doesn't help. But then also mixing it up as the Ruckman. So roving to Aaron Sandlands, every team knew that we were going to win the ball. So, you know, they would sweat on Peter Bell and myself a lot of the time. 
you've got to find another way to mix it up. And do they need more tap targets that can get it on the outside? I think that's something that they need to look at when they come up against smaller type Ruckman, which we saw on the weekend. So who would that be? Who do you bring in that's going to be good around stoppage, that's going to have the zip to get out, that's going to be a clean ball handler, won't fumble? Will Brody. Like, that was him last year. And he became the scapegoat, didn't he, for the start of the year? Yep. And you look back now and go, was that was it really fair? Because there was a fair bit of change at the start of the year. And I know they're onto him with his defensive running, but last year he was pretty critical. And whether, you know, he lost his way a little bit through the off-season, just got a bit happy with his performance last year and thought it was going to happen again, that could be the case. But right now, Jagro Mira on face values had some impactful moments and times in games, but as a whole, it hasn't worked, and the midfield as a whole hasn't really worked either. Did Freo players get ahead of themselves? You mentioned Brody. Did others? Oh, only they can answer that question. But, well, but what you see? Then you, it happens. Like, I, I've done it. I've done it. Like my first year, Rising Star, my second year, horrendous. Like, you do get carried away, and, um, you know, people love to feel good about people talking about them and the external noise and everybody was talking up Fremantle. But you go back to their pre-season and many journos commented on how hard the Dockers were working, particularly with their game plan and their match practice in the pre-season. That every day they were doing something pretty significant from a, a match practice point of view, but it hasn't converted. And it, you'd have to ask the individuals whether they came back with the eye of the tiger. But the good thing is, after a failed season, you'd hope that that would be the case next year. Alex Pierce as captain. Now, it's it's really probably a little bit unfair to, to ask this question because it kind of points to it being more significant than what it really is. I think there's a lot of more significant things than this. But it's interesting that when they lose, Caleb Sarong always fronts the media, always talks. When you see players getting angry on the field and trying to hold teammates to account. It's often Caleb Sarong being demonstrative with body language and, you know, turning around and wondering what the hell happened. Alex Pierce strikes me as a very passive sort of captain. And given their starts and given that he's the last person that talks to them before the start of the game, do they need to rethink that? Longmuir is quite cerebral. We've talked about this. He's a problem solver. Do they need a bit of yin and yang here? Do they need a bloke who's going to be a bit more argy-bargy, a bit more aggressive uh, as part of their, their leading the games? Because their, their first quarters are horrendous. Both. They are, but what the captain says at, at that time doesn't have much impact on the game. The homework's been done. The plan's been built from the coach going in that this is how we're going to play. And we've spoken about it at length this year with the first quarters. They don't play a shot. They just wait to see how the game's going to unfold and then play catch-up. Like, they need to be aggressive with what they're trying to do, have some intent to take the game forward. Back to the leadership, has it been any better in the midfield? We've just sort of whacked the midfield a little bit about their performance and in first quarters they're just as much to blame, I suppose, as Alex Pierce. But uh, until you're in that sort of environment, you don't know how strong he is with the workload. But... I think what I also notice is in the back half, you've got now probably three pretty passive players. And if you go to the basketball analogy, that in, what's changed over the last 10 to 15 years is that everybody has to be able to shoot. Because if you don't, what does the defence do? They just zone off the guy that can't shoot. Go back to Ben Simmons and that example. So Fremantle now in the back half, if you're talking about speed of ball from the back half, they don't want Alex Pierce with the ball. So he doesn't even try and get the ball anymore. But isn't that... That's on them too, because Alex Pierce used to play with some dash. 
Yes, but it's been taken out of him. Now he doesn't. Yeah, so I think that might have been coached out of him because he, he did used to run with a bit of uh, like a headless chook, I used to call it. But perhaps it's time for him to bring that back a little bit. Brennan Cox doesn't run the game for, does he? Brandon Walker can do it, but he's not touching the ball. I think he had three touches yep. on the weekend. You've got Luke Ryan, who you've uh, spoke about. He likes to go wide. He likes to take the easy kick. There's nobody there that's been aggressive. You've got Jordan Clark, but is he real good in traffic or is he better in space? And then you've got Hayden Young, who can be pretty good with the ball in hand, but it's all by foot, isn't it? So yeah. there's no run and carry coming from that. And that reflects the game style. And perhaps that's the way he's gone because of the players that he has at his disposal. So you often build your game plan around that. But I would love a evasive forward running player in the back half that can take the game on by a handball and start to set them up. Chapman can do it a little bit, yep. but, you know, Nick Dacos that can change the direction of the game, and he's at one out of the box. But what Caleb Daniel used to do in the back half, I think those players are pretty important, and Fremantle don't have them at the moment. So if it doesn't work at clearance, then you're playing off the back foot from your defence, and they don't have the style to get out there with speed. They rely on just constant kicking their way through, but teams have sort of caught on to that a bit. Let's talk about intent, to like breathtaking lack of intent generally. I would have thought. It's, it says a lot, doesn't it? Intent means a lot in footy. Like, if you look at West Coast versus Sydney compared to West Coast versus St Kilda, what was the difference? Intent. Yeah. No intent from Fremantle. But let's just talk about it when they've got the ball. Fremantle player gets ball, stop, and look where the eyes go. Out. Yep. Not in. And the team's giving them the out now. Yep. And particularly from kick-in with Luke Ryan just putting it to the pocket. Well, that guy then stops. What's the other option? The other option is to go back and then out the other side, which takes a lot of time, or kick long down the line. And they don't have the long down the line players coming out of their forward half at the moment. We'll get to Luke Jackson in a moment. But he's not giving that. He didn't get his hands to any marking contest, really. And perhaps shouldn't play. Like the last two weeks, you can see he's not up to... He's not right. He's clearly not right from where he was. But um, we'll get to that in a moment. But, yeah, you're right. The first thought is out. The intent is not there. And what happens from that, if the player with the ball doesn't look to go, then the player that's running to get that next position stops. He's like, well, it's not going to come to me. It's going to go to the guy that actually runs out wide. So everybody in that chain doesn't really know where to get. And they were just very stagnant yesterday because the first option footy was not there. And I think that's where they need to probably start is let's get back to first option, take that on. It can still be wide. But at least the receiver, the next one in line, knows when to time his run. At the moment, if I was playing in that midfield, I wouldn't know how to get the ball except for out wide trying to get one of those chip kicks. Which is what Carlton reduced them to yesterday, wasn't it? It was mm. either short and stagnant and wide or long and hope for yeah. a contest, which they didn't get from their tall players down the line. The number of times I think Jacob Wiedering imposed himself on the game early, took a number of marks either on wing or just backward of wing, Luke Jackson didn't give a good enough contest. Um, yeah, it was it was a dire performance, really. It was their worst performance of the year. Well, the Giants one was horrible, but everything that has gone bad has gone bad again, and that's that's the problem with it. You got beaten again by what you know, almost. Like, going into it, we expected clearance to be important. We knew that from the back half they weren't going to move it well. We knew that the, the start wasn't going to be ideal for them. So just going back to the kicking method, Justin's a lot about kicking their way out of the back half, and they'll take the wide option, but they'll also look for the 45 option. But the best teams at doing that get it and instantly sort of go. Now, teams catch on to it, and Justin's been a great coach 
in my opinion, at, at, at derailing what the opposition wants to do. But now teams are doing the same to him and he yeah. needs to come up with another style to counteract that. Are they a 2023 team playing 2021 footy? Yes. Yeah. They've fallen behind what, what has been valued and what's been working from all the other teams. So the successful teams this year. And it's about turnover. It's about when you get a little sense that you can go and catch that midfield napping and catch the four, the defence napping, you go. And Carlton brought that into their game. And that's what I was pretty impressed with. Hayes, thanks so much for joining us. No worries. We'll have a week off next week. Yeah, yeah. Have a good break. Will and, do. Uh, look forward to having you back in the Toolkit Depot studio in a couple of weeks, hopefully, to talk about something better from both our WA teams. Talk about the cricket. Yeah. Well, that wasn't great overnight either. Hopefully something better there as well. Paul Hazelby is one half of the run home with Hayes and Mardo on SENWA at 3 p.m. on weekdays. Of course, he's also a Fremantle champion. Not a great day for Fremantle yesterday. What do you think? You can have your say on the temper at Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line on 13 12 55. We'll be back after the break.